Hey, this is your host Shane with another great episode of Radical Rocks. Today we're going to talk about all kinds of collecting spots. We're going to talk about gold mining in Australia, mining in Australia, chlorite, jade, and so much more. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at Radical Rocks. There's one. There were fossils, minerals, and rocks and things. There were sand, hills, and rings. First thing I found was a geocrystals, quartz with no clouds. Agate was hot and the ground was hard, but the gems were there to be found. See, I've been through the desert, found a rock with no name. Felt good to have in my hand. In the desert, you can find lots of rocks. Cause radical rocks are everywhere. That is right, radical rocks are everywhere. And so is my cat. My cat is everywhere, climbing all over, climbing on me, climbing on the window, um, vibrating the table right now. Just, I don't know what's up with him. Um, Anyway, guys, we got a really great episode for you today. I'm going to talk about some collecting spots, Lavic Siding, Calico, Rainbow Ridge, Spring uh, Sheep Springs. Uh, we're going to talk about a mineral called Angel Sight. We'll talk about uh, gold mining and mining in Australia. We're going to talk about chlorite jade, um, if you've ever heard of that. Um, Seraphonite, I believe is how it's pronounced. And all kinds of really great stuff. I've got also another gold mining story from a real prospector named Cole Younger that I'll share with you at the very end. If you liked that last time, got another one for you today. So please join us on our social media, Facebook group uh, called uh, Radical Rocks, also Radical Rocks on MeWe, both very big presence there. You can find us all over YouTube videos, like, subscribe, share, it's all good. Also, if you want, you can email me at RadicalRocksUSA at gmail.com. And let me know what your ideas are for the show. Um, let me know what you like, what you don't like. I would like to get more subscribers and um, try to do what makes you guys uh, happy, what you like more. Or maybe I might just start another uh, another podcast somewhere and concentrate on something a little different. This is kind of a, a plethora, a cornucopia We touch on fossils, minerals, rocks, some lapidary stuff sometimes, Um, also current events, neat findings, fossils. We talk about Mars and the moon and sea mining. I mean, it's just a cornucopia, our our Radical Rocks podcast for the most part. Also, if you look at our episodes where it says special episode, that's usually just one subject. And uh, if that's something you would like better, maybe I would, uh, you know, just not put out a podcast every week and spend a little more time on doing a more in-depth podcast and information on one particular subject. So we could do that, um, or I could just do this weekly one, maybe cut back a little bit of time, and then try to build up maybe a once a month special episode. Just let me know what you're thinking, and I appreciate that, and hope to hear from you. All right, so let's get into it. Man, we've got a ton of great subjects. 
Um, let's just see. A lot of them I didn't even tell you about in the intro, but uh, we're going to get into that right now. Skeleton-like Mars rock formation sparks uh, interest and excitement. It's posted by the Jerusalem Post at msn.com. Uh, it looks like they have found that this, uh, we talked about it a week ago or so, it looks like the bones of a dragon on Mars. These actual formations come out like uh, a broken, I don't know if you could just think of ribs sticking out uh, straight like fingers out of the uh, earth there on Mars. They're saying now that they believe that this is because of water and that uh, they believe they see signs of minerals that could have percolated out of this or gathered at this series of rods that may indicate some water. It's a very bizarre rock. Uh, you can look at these pictures again if you look at msn.com, skeleton-like Mars rock formation. You will find it. There's a lot of articles on this. They've got videos on it and everything else, but um, they feel that... Uh, Water is what led to this formation. So pretty interesting if you're into that. Also, Jurassic Jackpot, an entire T-Rex dinosaur skeleton was found in the U.S. auctions for $6.2 million. Uh, Fox 4 tells us about this at the fox4news.com. And Chris Oberholtz is telling us about it. They've got a picture of this very impressive T-Rex uh, skull with the teeth, and it is amazing. Uh, you can find out about this. It was the creek formation runs in Montana and Wyoming, and it is one of the most important T-Rex discoveries ever, and uh, complete, complete dinosaur there. Ow, here comes my cat again. <laughs> I don't know what it is. He's just crazy to bother me when I start doing this podcast. He's like, who the heck are you talking to? Are you are you losing your mind? Maybe he's trying to drag me back to reality. I don't know. But until then, I'm lost in my, my uh, escape from reality because the reality of this world is I'm glad I have a wonderful hobby like rock collecting, lapidary, and uh, minerals and things like that to kind of... Uh, take my mind off all the garbage happening. Siso uh, sis can't even speak. Smithsonian Voices tells us about the ex the real uh, beautiful stone that is their newest gem. It says the story behind the Smithsonian's newest gem, the exquisite lion of Mary Lena or Lana, um, if I'm saying that right, by Jack Tamisia. And this is a beautiful, giant, green garnet, basically. The lion here is the world's largest square-cut cushion travertite uh, gem, which is actually a garnet. And it is in the National Gem Collection. It is uh, going to be displayed with some 10,000 other gems, which are quite striking, that are there at the Smithsonian a beautiful, vibrant, glimmering green cushion cut with 177 fa uh, facets is pictured on their website at smithsonianmag.com. And they say this gym is going to make people stop and look. It is a showstopper, 
and uh, is quite beautiful. I don't see the size of it here. I did kind of scan through this really quickly, but um, there's some good history on the guy who found this. He's a geologist named Campbell Bridges. He discovered this garnet in the hills of uh, Tanzia in 1967. He's uh, worked for the museum. He's worked for Tiffany's. Uh, he also has quite a collection, but uh, he knew that this was something special. Most garnets, garnet actually comes after a Greek word that means pomegranate because most of them are red, but uh, these giant green garnet crystals are beautiful, transparent enough to be fashioned into fabulous gemstones. Quite pleasing. He tells some really good stories about how he was there. He was in a tree house and there was a leopard that was there. Uh, pretty interesting. There's trace amounts in the green variety of Vandium, which gives it uh, its green color. So quite beautiful. We're going to talk about another green gemstone a little bit later, known as Chlorite Jade, um, Seraphonite. Quite beautiful. We'll talk about that as well. But uh, Trevor... Traverite is, uh, or this uh, green gemstone, is quite beautiful. These deposits are con uh, concentrated in the area of the uh, Scorpion Mine in Kenya. And there is a mine there called the Bridges Traverite. That's the name of the company. And they've been mining this uh, for quite a few years now. In 2017, miners unearthed a cocoon-shaped Traverite. Traverite crystal, bigger than a D-sized battery. Quite spectacular. It is pictured here. 283.73 carats in the rough. I'm sure once it's been faceted, it will be quite smaller. But uh, yeah, pretty cool article there if you want to look at this. A lot of nice pictures. Um, this large, large ones over 10 carats are rare. And uh, once they're faceted, but these are some of the ones that are coming out of there. Very beautiful. Check it out. Next, um, scientists discover three hydrothermal vents in the Mid-Atlantic Ridge. Uh, Skimmit Ocean Institute, you can see this at eurekaalert.org, and um, they tell you that there is a hydrothermal vent in San Juan, Puerto Rico, just off the uh, coast there, at least this is where this is being reported, in the Mid-Atlantic Ridge, this 434-mile-long stretch, they have located these uh, chimneys, these hydrothermal vents of smokers. They emit all kinds of minerals. They're very rich in um, minerals and of different varieties. And uh, they said that uh, they've been searching this area quite quite a lot. They're trying to scan the bottom of the ocean. They call it the, the Poi des Floy Volcano. has active sites over 6.95 square miles or 18 square kilometers. High temperature black smoker vents were found at the Grapey Deux vent system and the Cane Fracture Zone. So you can tell there's some uh, French... Uh, influence here. It is French that have been doing this along with United States and Canada to discover these areas and map these areas out. Of course, people are looking at wanting to mine these areas, but there is a rich uh, biodiversity that happens to be around these. So 
probably not a good idea. They want to find out what the impacts are. It says on cycling carbon and on our planet. So basically they found some uh, giant squids, special uh, shrimp that live in this area. It is its own little ecosystem. Very interesting. So hopefully this finding this and studying it will help them understand more about the unknown ocean and um, whether or how they should mine it if they do. All right, Washington may soon have its own official state dinosaur. So I was not aware that Washington didn't have its own dinosaur. But apparently uh, scientists, paleontologists, and all these type of folks feel that Washington was underwater most of the time. And if you go to seattletimes.com, they say Washington may soon have an official state dinosaur. This is here in uh, America. Von Nia Feria, Fair, 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 however you say that, P-H-A-I-R, Fair, I guess. She says that uh, they found a, a dinosaur bone. They don't know what kind of bone it is. Could be like a T-Rex, maybe, maybe not. It's definitely um, a bipedal dinosaur that would walk on two legs. It would be um, possibly a Tyrannosaurus rex by the size. Um, they don't think it would be uh, Allosaurus or some of these smaller ones. But this was found in the San Juan Islands uh, in uh, Washington up by the coast. So very unusual. They located it quite a while ago. They're still researching it. They're hoping to find more bones, but uh, they feel that it is a portion of a femur, femur leg bone from a two-legged meat-eating theropod dinosaur, such as a Tyrannosaurus or a Velociraptor. So, pretty cool. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Sounds like it might be a way off. Whoop. Oh, darn, I just erased something. Oh, well. Um, upcoming field trips. I told you I was going to tell you about some field trips. This is in the United States, in California, in the Mojave Desert for the most part. Lavic sighting field trip. Our friends at the Searchers in um, Anaheim, California, you can look that up. They are having a field trip in uh, May. Shoot, mine already passed by. Yeah, it looks like it might have already passed by. Let's see, January. We're only in April. So, no, you've got time to go May 13th to 14th. This field trip is pretty cool. Uh, you got to be able to have high clearance vehicle. But if you don't, I would contact uh, these folks if you're in the area and you want to get involved with this. Sometimes uh, people will let you buddy up for a ride. Lavic sighting is beautiful. For decades, rockhounds have driven across... Uh, this area down the Lavic Lake Road to access this remarkable location. Red, yellow, orange, jasper, blue, and white quartz stringers are still found in profusion, in profusion as float. Bring hammers and spray bottles. They're going to go Saturday uh, in the mesas and gullies. And they're going to go check out the Pisgah uh, cinder cone and then explore other parts of Lavic Lake. And uh, may even drive up for a, a day trip up in the, um, check out the limits of the testing range boundary to Barstow. 
Um, all kinds of neat stuff going on here. Beautiful tricolor Jasper can be found there. I've got a video. If you go to uh, YouTube and look up Radical Rocks, you will find out about just walking along, picking up beautiful rocks. Also, March 11th through 12th, they're going to Calico in the United States, California. It's beautiful. There's more mines than most anywhere else. There is still things to be found on the surface after all the rain they've had in California. This is a great time to go. Um, don't want to get caught in a storm up there, but uh, dress warm. They are going to look for all kinds of cool things there. Um, they're going to have breakfast together. They'll go up Mule Canyon Road to several sites to the entrance of Tin Can Alley for Black Agate. Also, they will be looking for other uh, geological specimens strewn out over the gorgeous landscape in extreme colorations. You can't lose, they say. Uh, I found moss agate out there in different colors. I found purple agate out there myself. Um, there's all kinds of things to find out there. Rainbow Ledge and Sheep Springs. This is a field trip that they already had. Uh, they went uh, and buddied up with the Indian Wells Club. This is another mineralogical club. And they visited the Rainbow Ledge Claim. Um, they were allowed to do that. That's why you want to hook up with these clubs. This is why you want to join these clubs. Um, they had about 10 members. They went up to Rainbow Ledge with the uh, permission here of the, of the uh, Indian Wells Club, who gave them permission because it's their claim. They had a potluck, a campfire. Um, they went up Sheep Springs Road. They collected black and white agate. And uh, just beautiful gemstones were to be found. And good times talking with other rock hounds and sharing your experiences. Good time was had. Um, what else have we got going on here? I think that's about it. They are going to have their show uh, coming up, I'm looking for the date here. I don't see it. They emailed me about it, and I don't see the date on this. So show news, and then they're not telling me anything about it. So um, don't miss their show. I think it's in June. I can't remember. There's a show in Escondido. I don't see it here. They should have put their show date on that. Um, gemstone for the birth month for this month for May is Emerald. So keep that in mind. We'll probably be talking about emeralds again. We've already talked about them before. Join the Searchers Gym and Mineral Club um, or any other club in your area. Just look up Gym and Mineral Clubs in your area and join one. All right. Um, let's see. What else shall we talk about next? We've got some great subjects. Angel Sight. Angel Sight. Um, if you go to mineralexpert.org, you look up that mineral, and there's some beautiful photos here and an article by Vic uh, Ridgely, and he tells us that it is a secondary lead mineral. It can form some real beautiful Jimmy crystals. When I went over to mindat.com, I was blown away with the pictures that they had. Um, it was quite beautiful. They had a whole site just of pictures there, and then they have another site with information that we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, this angel site is a lead sulfate mineral. It crystallizes. 
The crystals are long with lines, uh, yellow, um, strained angelite crystals from different areas can be found. They're very collectible. Um, they have often have pointed terminations. The main crystal faces are usually uh, straighted. So basically there's kind of like lines down them. They look like they were kind of extruded up. The cleavage is on the basal plane of a prism. It's good. While the face of the prisms are distinct, some of the physical properties of angel sight, it can be colorless to white. Um, it can be more thicker and not so translucent, but it can be yellow and translucent where light will go through it. It can have tints of blue, green, yellow, orange, or gray. In exceptional cases, it is violet. Violet. The gray tint is a result of residual inclusions of galena, being this is a lead mineral. Angel sight may pseudomorph after galena, creating a false isometric appearance and uh, creating other strange shapes. So it can be found in many different ways. It can be polished or sliced as a specimen, um, but I would look for the natural ones. They're, they're much prettier. The luster uh, can be very shiny to dull if the crystals are earthy. Um, the fracture is brittle to conchoidal. Hardness is about two and a half to three. The streak test will show a white streak, so you'll need a black background or have to look at it real good. And it fluorescence light to golden yellow in a short wave uh, UV light. Associated minerals that are found with this are polymetallic ore veins, um, usually galena, sporadolite, barite, and quartz are some other minerals that show along with it. It can be in weathered zones of ore deposits associated with secondary minerals like gypsum, um, pyromorphite, uh, wolfenite, and even malachite and others that you can uh, check out if you want. I see some beautiful yellow, canary yellow crystals. I see clear crystals with nice pointed terminated points. Um, they can be up to 12 millimeters, some of the ones that are pictured here. Um, Angelsite was recognized as a distinct mineral species in 1783 by William Weathering of the Praise Copper Mine in Angles, an island off the northwest coast of Wales. Um, they found abundant tiny brownish-yellow angelite crystals laying on a matrix of dull brown Limonite. The crystals were usually shaped consisting of four prismatic and four dome-shaped faces. The crystals were usually shaped consisting of four prismatic and four dome-shaped faces. In fact, all crystals presented a large number of possible combinations and habits. And they go on to tell some other examples of these crystal faces and discoveries throughout time. Um, even if it just shows up as some clumpy uh, thing, you can still see the crystals within it. Typically, um, there will be crystals that are made out. The spectacular ones that are very straight and formed are quite collectible, um, but any of them are collectible as well. Nambia, uh, some fine collectible ones. We'll talk about areas where it can be found um, as well. The UK, there's other areas. Um, 
And that is it from there. But if you go to mindat.org and look up Angel Sight, you will see some beautiful crystals. Um, they have them from orange to white. There's also another page where they just have pictures and pictures of this. Um, again, the hardness about two and a half to three. Specific gravity is about 3.37, maybe a little bit more. It's a barite group. Um, it, the locality of some of the spectacular specimens is found in the Perry's Mountain Mines in Elmwich Isle of Angeles, Wales, in the UK. Um, quite beautiful. Let's see what else we can find about it here before we go down to the locations of where you can go collect it. Um, well, I don't know if you can go collect it, but where specimens would be located. So there is a map at the bottom here getting to that. Locations in um, United States of America, not Canada so much, but also South America, Africa, uh, New Zealand, um, Australia, some places in Europe, Russia, um, the Pacific uh, East, right? So all sorts of countries it can be found in. You can go to mindat.org and look up and see if your location, if uh, you can find it. Their maps are there. You just click on one of those spots. Like, let's see, we'll click on one right here. This is showing me uh, as it as it explodes a bigger uh, a bigger picture here. I see that uh, there's a place in Romania, uh, France, um, the United Kingdom, uh, Kazakhstan, all over this whole area here, quite a bit. North Africa, I see stuff. Uh, looks like China, quite a bit here going on. Yeah, very 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 very. Uh, possible that you are not too far from an area where you can find some. Okay, so we got some more great stories. We got more lapidary to talk about. We got a gold rush story about uh, in Australia to tell you about. We've got the um, chlorite jade. So let's look at, uh, well, I don't think I want to look at that. There's some, uh, I was going to talk about the Kentucky, some stuff in Kentucky, but I changed my mind. And I want to look at this seraphonite. The seraphonite is a green uh, gemstone. It can be cut into lapidary. It is a mineral uh, material. And it uh, looks like it has asbestos fibers in it to me. It's quite beautiful. Um, you can see this stuff on eBay. They've got some pieces here that are about uh, three or four fingers wide in the rough um, in-cut lapidary. It's like $16.50. They've got another spectacular piece for 50 bucks. You can see, you know, U.S. dollars. It varies in all sorts of different shapes. But um, the information on it, if you go to, yeah, mindat.com and look up Seraphonite, uh, you will see it. Um, it is beautiful. It's also called a uh, chlorite jade in some instances. It is a variety of clinochlora with a radiating 
pole moose structure, which is used for carving and as a decorative stone uh, and cabochons. Be sure and keep it wet. Also known as chlorite jade. Um, this mineral says uh, there's no health risk known, but uh, I, I'm looking at it. And whenever I see, you know, fibrous looks to it, I always think of, um, you know, asbestos. So that is something you want to be careful with. This uh, can be found in different areas. I'm looking at the map here. They've got areas for it um, in Irkutsk. Russia is a place that they say you can find it. Um, I'm thinking there's more areas. I'm not so sure that that is the only location that it can be found. And I thought I had one other uh, place to look up, but and don't see it. Give me just a second here and I will double check because I have another one pulled up here. All right, here it is. Um, resources for chlorite jade. There's uh, some links here for that. And I'm just not seeing a lot on it, but I had another page open, and I, I wonder if that's the one I accidentally closed. I hope not. Okay, I will check here and here, and then we will go into some of our next information um, of course, you can find this already cut into gemstones on uh, eBay and, uh, and such, but I'm just not finding that much more on it. Yeah, really sorry. Um, Russia, Russia, Russia. So I have seen this for sale, and uh, it, I did not know Russia was pretty much looking like the only area you can get it. Pretty weird. Yeah, pretty beautiful. So, it is associated with hematite and quartz sometimes. So, that's, that's a possibility. Um, they do give a list of dealers where you can buy it, but I'm not going to promote those guys. I don't even know who they are. But, yeah, the map only shows this one place in Russia. So, I'm surprised it's not a lot more expensive if, if that's true. But I thought I saw one more location where it was at, but I'm not, not seeing it here. All right. So let's talk about the Australian gold rushes. If you go to nma.gov.au, um, they tell us about the Australian gold rush of uh, 1851. The gold rushes in South Wales and Victoria, that's when they began. There was a series of, Russia, of uh, gold rushes and mineral rushes that uh, transformed the Australian colonies. Some of these areas were the Oprah in South, uh, New South Wales and Ballarat and Bendigo Creek in Victoria. In 1851, gold seekers from around the world began to pour into the colonies and uh, help Australia gain its uh, more modern uh, identity that uh, we see. Their is about a thousand this isn't this is as of eighteen fifty one they said there's a thousand cradles at work these are these were called rockers in the United States where they would put material in there, pour water over it, and rock it back and forth to help the gold settle out to the bottom while the heaviers 
or the less heavy things would wash off the top, off the sides. Says there's about 50 near Black Hill, about a mile and a half from the Brown Hill diggings. There's about three or four hundred more, to say nothing of the hundreds on the ground not yet set to work. Allowing five for each cradle, the population within a radius of five miles must be about 7,000 men, even way back then. They also have a a video on the Nugget Gold Rush uh, of that time and the language of that time. They have a picture of a gold mining cradle here. Again, we used to call these rockers in the United States, but uh, they call it a cradle there. There was multiple gold finds in South New Wells at uh, Bathurst and Monero in Tasmanian, which... The official discovery of the precious metal by Edward Hargraves near Orange in 1851. Um, William Clark was one of the earliest geologists in the colony in 1841. He was the one that might have set off the gold rush by finding gold particles near Hartley in the Blue Mountains. He mentioned this to the governor who said, hey, put it away. Otherwise, we're going to get our throats cut. They feared that uh, mutiny would result if the people of New South Wales, a majority of who were convicts, so this was kind of like a place to put prisoners, uh, if they found the gold was within easy reach. Then in 1848, uh, mineralogist William Smith found gold near Bathurst the following year. the news kind of started to get out a little bit, and um, the government's attitude toward gold discoveries changed in 1848 when news of the California gold rush, the promise of fortunes had to be, uh, you had to go across the Pacific, led thousands of men to leave the colony, creating labor shortages and economic uh, depression at that time. So they sent a geologist out there, uh, Edward Hardgraves, and uh, he found some pretty good stuff. He, he was convinced there was gold, and uh, they found it. In 1851, he presented his samples to the government, um, him and another, another man. And then he was awarded a, a prize, which he refused to share with the other guys that had helped him. <laughs> they probably would want to kill him, right? And then May... 15th, 1851, 300 diggers. Oh, man, I just closed everything. They arrived in the area to to go gold mining, and the rush was on. This was in the city of Ophra. Victorian gold rush started about 200 miles of Melbourne. Within six months after finding the gold, it was flooded with people. In uh, different areas, the Clunes, the Bellarat, Castlemaine, and Bendigo, if I'm saying the Bendigo right. And uh, that rush would dwarf the other one in north-south wells and would account for more than a third of the world's gold production in 1850. So that was pretty serious gold mining. This caused a migration boom by the 1890s. Uh, the Huge gold fields at Coolagarli uh, and uh, Kalgoorlie and Western Australia were getting people were moving in by the groves. 
Between 1851 and 1871, the population quadrupled from 430,000 people to 1.7 million to go gold mining. The largest non-Europe gold miners were Chinese and um, says they, they were not treated too good. 1855, there was 20,000 Chinese in the diggings. Among a larger group of migrants were men and women bringing the new political ideas to the young colonies. So uh, this caused uh, some political unheaval. And, uh, but yeah, what an what a awesome gold mining area in Australia. Wonderful history. I'm sure there's a lot more stories and stuff that we could tell. Let's talk about the chlorite jade. Well, we already did talk about the chlorite jade, didn't we? I think that's all I got, actually. I think I'm running out of stories here. I kind of kept it quick tonight. So again, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, no, I got one more. Excuse me. I got the story from Cole Younger. I forgot about that. This is a story from a real gold miner, gold prospector, um, who was, who was cut in the same cloth as the old timers from days gone by. So he knows the, la the, lo the lingo, um, even though he's kind of a hip, cool cat, <laughs> he's still old fashioned in a way too. And, um, that's kind of what you always go back to is your roots and those that mentored you, you kind of go back to that. So anyway, Here's his story of one of his adventures. From Cole Younger, you can look him up on Facebook if you want. Cole Younger. Out for an adventure, I rode up an old El Dorado stage trail to the remnants of a once rich mining town. Chasing lizards from their sunbathing on the rocks and sands along the way and traveling a short distance with a band of quail Playing hide-and-seek among the creosote, cactus, and sage, I came upon the remnants of the white hills. They were shrewn down the washes, and they laid on the flats where the flood that washed away the town in 1899 left them. Pieces of purple glass, the deep rust color of the old tin cans with red ore, the hosts of silver and gold, on the way down, I came across also a huge oven partially buried where it once stood in a saloon or maybe a kitchen. Stumbling on, I found a hammer from an old firearm rusting in the gravel. Ascending the now virtually hollow mountain with the deteriorating timbers and the backfield shafts, I chose an audit to explore. In this audit, I wandered through the stopes and the drifts. I see old drills and an old cart marked Standard Oil. Inside the crate are two old kerosene cans, bright and shiny with labels. Alongside it laid two giant brand powder crates, half eaten and mired in a pack rack nest. And leaning against the wall is a mucking shovel. Left a hundred years ago or more, and next to this was a pick handle, hand carved from a Joshua tree limb, virtuing across the doubtful timber, <laughs> laying across one of the shafts that plunged a thousand feet into the earth. I came across timbers 
with circular dots and soot laid out in a pattern. I know these are the miners' methods of marking how many ore carts that filled and sent to the surface. Among these are bits of graffiti written in a candle or carabine smoke that would make a mule blush. <laughs> it's no wonder ladies were not allowed in the mines. Continuing on over and around the partially caved earth along the decline, I came to where the miners stopped. On the wall in a large candle-smoked letters was the date and names of those two old miners that were once young men, and a simple phrase, the end. And so it was. Exiting the mine, and as I rest in the fresh air, and the warmth of the sun near the top of the mountain, I watch a tread of a dust devil dancing its way west, taking the last of the Mojave Desert summer with it. Just another day I spent with God and nature, my friends, and another summer. Happy trails. So with that, guys, I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, remember, rockhounds don't die. They petrify.